0: for efficient goal setting. So make sure to do that. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues For efficient goal setting. So make sure to do that. Welcome to the podcast, She is Fab, where we discuss all things Fab, women empowerment, and life coaching. My name is Evelyn, also known as the Fab Chief Desk, and I am a Mindset Transformation Coach.
2: Welcome to another episode of the She is Fab podcast. My name is Evelyn, your host, Mindset Transformation Coach. And today I have the pleasure of speaking with Melissa Rolfs. She is a certified holistic health and also a life coach. She helps busy women break free from sugar and stress, emotional eating, so that they can be calm, confident, and at peace. Welcome, Melissa.
1: Hello. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to have you and learn so much about you and your process. So tell us a bit more. Yeah, absolutely. So like you said, I'm a holistic health and life coach, and I help women break free from sugar and stress or emotional eating. A lot of times there is something going on beneath the surface that hasn't been addressed. So we do a little, you know, dive and we figure out what is causing them to stay stuck and stay in that place where they they feel they need the sugar to keep going. They need to kind of stuff the feelings. They need to emotionally eat, whatever that is, because I've been there, done that. Um, So that's a little bit of why I do what I do.
2: Now, did you always know you wanted to go into this type of field, or was it inspired by something that happened in your life?
1: Yeah, it was inspired by my journey. I had no intentions, no desire. Like this was not on my dream board. Like it wasn't even a thing um, until my own journey. So about 10 years ago now, yeah, 10 years ago now um, was kind of my breaking point. Um, Had a newborn baby who wasn't sleeping, had a two-year-old daughter who had some sensory challenges and some food allergies. My husband was traveling for work and I had just gotten diagnosed with PTSD. So that really kind of caused me to reevaluate everything. I met with a naturopath, um, really learned about the impact of food on mood and overall health, and realized what my childhood habit of being an eight-year-old girl and hiding those Pop-Tarts in my room and the cookies and the candy, kind of the impact that had on my overall health. So my journey and my story of transformation and healing is what caused me to go into this line of work because I knew that there are other women who were where I was. They were you know, maybe exhausted and overwhelmed and stuffing feelings and not really knowing how to handle or process some things that had happened in their life or that were happening in their life. Um, so here I am.
2: <laughs> I always find that the best coaches, you know, are those that have gone through some sort of experience and that experience helped them to create an offering and, and provide knowledge mm-hmm. in an area where they themselves had to kind of get through it. Uh, in regards to the whole food and sugar, this topic is near and dear to my heart because I too have gone through it from becoming really heavy set to then going through my own weight loss journey. So I completely understand. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And I think it's like you said, I think there is something really beneficial about having somebody who knows what it's like to be in that space because they relate to you, they know what that experience is like. And I think it's so encouraging and so hopeful to see somebody that's come out on the other side. So I love that part of it too, because, you know, we can, can have people help us, but if they're not able to identify, I think sometimes it's harder, especially with something like this.
2: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, to your point too, a lot of times, um, you know, as we're aging, we're learning new things and going to these experiences. And when we're in our youth, We may not take things to heart the way that we should. It isn't until we're older and go through certain experiences, have a catalyst, so to speak, Mm -hmm. that we then start to apply some of these methods to help us with whatever we're going through.
1: Absolutely. Because when I was, you know, younger, I didn't care. I just ate all the sugar that I could. My lunch was a big old cookie and that and a Diet Mountain Dew like that. I was just living off of sugar. I didn't know. I didn't know. And maybe if I did know, I don't even know that I would care because I was young. And like, you know, to your point of, you know, we just are in a different space.
2: <laughs> Agreed. I was um, a high school athlete. And so mm-hmm. I ate whatever I wanted because mm-hmm. I would metabolize it yeah. uh, through exercise, etc. cetera. Yeah. Obviously, though, once the exercise was diminished, mm-hmm. I started to see the effects of the way I was eating. But it wasn't so much later in life that I made a change, to started to really look at my eating mm-hmm. habits. In mm-hmm. your case, you had a lot of external factors that contributed yeah. to you having this this breakout moment.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and there were a lot of triggers that were kind of causing me to turn to the sugar and the food because I think there was guilt, I think there was shame, I think there was embarrassment, I think there were a lot of feelings that were uncomfortable, and I just didn't mm-hmm. know what to do with them. And so I thought, well, if I just push them down with the sugar, they'll go away. Didn't work. <laughs>
2: That's the cycle, isn't it? Right. You, mm-hmm. you have an idea or knowledge that this is a negative or a bad thing contributing to these bad factors, but because you feel bad, you give in to those bad habits. Mm-hmm. And so you, again, reiterate that negative cycle.
1: Right. And then add in the feelings of, oh, well, I, I feel bad. I, I, maybe this wasn't the best choice. And so then what happens is that we feel more guilt and shame sometimes on top of that. And it does perpetuate that cycle.
2: Yes. And I love that you brought up the word shame. Mm -hmm. Shame is kind of built into so many emotions when it Mm -hmm. comes to the negativity. And a lot of people don't speak on that emotion and how it really comes up. Mm -hmm. Um, When it comes to the whole food portion, at least I can speak for myself specifically. When I was going through my journey, I would binge eat. Mm -hmm. Right knowing that it wasn't the best thing for me and you feel really crappy afterwards, not just emotionally, but physically, because you have all of this sugar and food or oil that is just sitting there. But guess what? Even though you feel shame, it doesn't stop you from reiterating the cycle later Mm -hmm. on. So it really is a work on the mental state Mm -hmm. as
1: well as the physical state. One hundred percent. It starts in the mind, like where the mind goes, the man follows. So if we don't work on it here, we're just continuing to put the bandaid on it. And I'm all about getting to the root cause and getting to the why behind the why. So you can stop that cycle. Mm-hmm. I love that. The why I always <laughs> talk
2: about that, right? In order for anyone to move forward and make real progress, mm-hmm. you have to be founded and grounded in your why. If it's not strong yes. enough, it's not going to propel you
1: forward. That's right. That's right. And I think a lot of times you can see in the health space, a lot of times people are like, oh, I want to lose 10 pounds so I can wear a bikini on my vacation. And that's Mm -hmm. good. Like there's nothing wrong with that. But is that a deep enough why? Is that going to help you when those cravings come up when you want to binge eat and you want to, you know, you've had a bad day and you just want to go through the drive-through? Like, is that going to be strong enough to keep you in that place? And I don't, I don't know that it is. Honestly, (laughs) I don't. And and you tell
2: me because this is your field of expertise. Mm -hmm. Do you find that vanity goals tend to propel
1: people or
2: inspire and motivate for a long time? I feel like they wouldn't. They
1: don't. They don't. And I think that's why, honestly, there is so much profit in this industry of weight loss is because it's focused on the short term. It's focused on the behavior modification. It's focused on, you know, that that 21 days, that 30 days, that whatever. And that's not enough for lasting change. And so I think you really need to have a deep, powerful why. And you need to be committed to the process to really change and transform your habits along the way, because that's where the transformation is.
2: Exactly. And something else to keep in mind, too, is that no journey is perfect. Just because you fall off the wagon in one area or on a certain day or for a couple of hours, it doesn't negate everything else. You just have to pick yourself up and continue
1: moving forward. Yeah, that all or nothing mentality can really be dangerous because I used to have it with everything. Oh my gosh, today, like this morning, perfect example. This morning I was making my shake and I broke my fingernail trying to get the shake thing off of the face. And I'm like, okay, I broke my nail. But a few years ago, that would have like ruined my whole day. I broke my fingernail. It's terrible though. The whole day is gone. Well, no, it was inconvenient. Move on with it, Melissa. Like who cares? <laughs> I'm with you there. I'm
2: also uh, a recovering perfectionist, so mm-hmm. I know all about that. I used to have that all-or-nothing mentality, but, you know, through extensive work,
0: mm-hmm. I realized
2: that it's okay to not be perfect. Perf- perfectionism is, you know, not real. Wow. <laughs> it's this myth that we all tend to, you know, hold on to. Mm-hmm. But it's in those, those challenges, those small steps of moving forward, that progression, that really helps you. And if you know what, you take two steps back, one forward, it's okay, because eventually you're going to get there.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And on perfectionism, I read somewhere that perfectionism is rooted in shame. Did you know that?
2: Yes, it is. Oh my gosh, I read this book titled The Gifts of Imperfection. Okay. And she talks about that. Uh, mm-hmm. Renee, she talks all about shame and how it is directly tied into the feelings of perfectionism. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how many of your clients, I'm sure it it happens uh, often (laughs) are rooted in that perfectionism.
1: All of them. (laughs)
0: 100%. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's that, again, that mentality of, Oh my goodness, I blew it. I had, whatever. I'm just going to go off the rails and eat all the things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
2: So Melissa, walk us through uh, an example of how you
1: stage it or how you work with clients using your methodology. Yeah. So I have a 12 week finding freedom program and it's amazing. I love it. I'm so excited about it. Um, But that first week is kind of like we talked about Evelyn. It's really like getting to the why behind the why you've got to have that deep why you've got to have that reason for knowing why are doing this? Because when we change, it's not always going to be easy. There might be people, you know, in our corner that don't want us to change, or maybe they don't, we don't feel like they're supporting us. So it's really forming that powerful why. And then we take them through the journey of learning how to honor your hunger and fullness and really how to listen to your body and identify what works for you versus the masses. Because we live in such a world of one size fits all, where We think that, well, this neighbor did this and they had success, or this person did this, so I'm going to try it. And then we try it and it doesn't work for us. And then there's that shame and guilt and failure again. (laughs) So let's Mm -hmm. learn what works for you and your unique body type. So that's kind of a little bit of the process.
2: Mm -hmm. I love that. And you're right. We're not one size fits all, right? Mm -hmm. First of all, there's diverse body types. There's Mm -hmm. diverse cultures and, and what they eat. And even metabolism, right? Just because mm-hmm. even with a sibling, you can have very different metabolism. So when you see this approach, like, okay, I have this workout plan, and this uh, food plan for mm-hmm. you, but it's given to the masses, it doesn't mean that you're going to succeed off of that alone.
1: No. And our bodies change with age. I mean, hormones are a part, we can develop food intolerances. There are so many things that can change within our own biochemistry over the course of years, that maybe what worked for you at one point, isn't going to work for you any longer. So really learn to listen to your body. That's the main thing.
2: (laughs) Mm -hmm. I agree. And sometimes, you know, you can get out of touch Mm -hmm. with uh, reading or understanding what your body Mm -hmm. wants and needs. I know I have that where I could no longer tell the feeling of fullness. Mm -hmm. So I had to work on that to develop Mm -hmm. that and kind of get in touch with that. Uh, So it goes to say if anyone else is struggling with any sort of life issue, whether it's eating or weight loss or relationships or career, there's something there Mm -hmm. that
1: you need to essentially work on and pay attention to. Don't dismiss it. Don't try to push it down. Don't try to stuff it. But I think that's what we do, right? Like if something comes up and it feels uncomfortable or it feels potentially mm-hmm. hard, I think our tendency is to maybe shy away from it instead of leaning into it. So what if we could lean in?
2: Mm-hmm. I love that point. We're so quick to empathize or tell other people, you know, what to do and see kind of the, even the darkness in their life. But Mm -hmm. when it comes to ourselves, we tend to sweep things under the rug because we don't want to look at it. We don't want to deal with it. Yeah.
1: But it's always there. (laughs) That's the thing. Like we can't just ignore it. It's it's going to surface at some point or another. So why not just deal with it head on, work through it and come out the other side. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I agree with
2: you. I feel like You can only sweep it under the rug for so long. It's like Mm -hmm. this little monster that it starts out small, but over time it builds and builds and builds and builds. But eventually it consumes you and you Mm -hmm. have to take action. So so I have to ask, because I see this on social media all the time, (laughs) and I'm sure you have some some type of opinion. Um, Speaking about the one size fits all, a lot of times when people are advertising a workout program, mm-hmm. they showcase these people who are already fit or already in the prime of their life, so to speak. For me personally, I would love to see a journey where mm-hmm. somebody advertises, here's what this person started, right? Yeah. Their, their unfit lifestyle mm-hmm. and doing this program here is where they are. But like not just a, a before and after, like mm-hmm. an actual transition journey.
1: What do you think? Yeah, I agree. I think it's interesting, though, because I think that the hiccup with that can be, Evelyn, is that sometimes people want to work with people who are closer to where they were. So maybe like someone who recently had that kind of journey and they went through it. But I also think there's a lot of validity in going with someone or working with someone or following someone who has stayed the course and they started here and they've been able to maintain and sustain. Um, so I definitely think it's both and, um, but I've noticed there is a a company right now that they focus on weight loss and I have several friends who are doing it. And I I keep watching the posts to be like, what are they posting about? Why is everybody so interested? And I think it's because they're closer to, to that person's journey than maybe Mm -hmm. I was, you know, 10 years out. So I think that's Mm -hmm. kind of an interesting observation with that too. I see. And what about uh, social media? There's so much
2: on there that can be misleading. Mm -hmm. There are folks who claim to have achieved the body type that they achieved with a certain type of regiment. But we all know that there is such a thing as body modification, which Mm -hmm. is very popular. It can be, you know, from a major modification to a very small, minimal modification. What are your thoughts on that? I think it's very misleading to say, hey. I got here this way when that's not the actuality.
1: It's 100% misleading. It's a lie. And it just frustrates me because I feel like there are so many mistruths and lies in this space as it is. So why add to it and just cause people more harm? Because really, that's what you're doing.
2: I agree. And I... I know folks personally <laughs> who have had body modifications mm-hmm. and I have not been afraid to call them out because we do have that kind of relationship and say, Hey, yeah. like what you're doing and what you're saying is actually compounding the mm-hmm. fact that there's misleading information and you have folks who will aspire mm-hmm. to look that way when mm-hmm. they're never going to be able to, cause it was not a natural occurrence. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's a great point.
2: What about um, body dysmorphia? Have you had any clients come to you who, who actually may be healthy or may be fit, but somehow they have body dysmorphia?
1: I think most of them do actually. Um, I think that we have such a jaded perspective of what we see versus what other people see. Um, and even when someone is on their journey and they've lost weight, they still struggle with what they look like now versus what they look like before they started. So that's a very real thing. I struggled with it myself. Um, and I've, I've worked through it, but it's a very, very real thing for a lot of women.
2: That's a good point too. Cause what I have found in my experience is that the folks who tend to have body dysmorphia present itself uh, much more often are those that have transitioned from say, being heavier to now Mm -hmm. you know being lighter being being much more healthy and it's because they recall what they were like before and maybe they might pull up those feelings Mm -hmm. of how they felt at that weight and for some reason they can't get past it Mm -hmm. and so
1: that body dysmorphia comes into play And I think too, we've been fed a lie that, you know, if you are XYZ size or you're this shape, then you'll be happy and everything will be perfect. And there are plenty Mm -hmm. of people that are that shape and that size and they're not happy. And it's because it's up here. Like you said, you know, I think too, the body's really powerful. The body remembers, the body keeps Mm -hmm. score. Those are some great books on what trauma does in the body. And if you have trauma, your body's going to hold on to it. And so if you have trauma around body image or food or whatnot, that could be a part too. So it's super important to work through that. So you can be free of that and, and not have that dysmorphia kind of hanging over your head, because regardless of what you do, it still could be there until you do the inner work.
2: Mm-hmm. You just made a great point. The fact that your body knows, remembers, it's like habit, right? It takes mm-hmm. time for us to form a habit. Yeah. And so to want to break that habit, it's going to take as, you know, equally much work, maybe more time than mm-hmm. informed to develop the habit. Yeah. So when it comes to your body, completely agree with you on that point. And, you know, those of you listening and watching, I too, like you went through by this mm-hmm. And It's funny because I, like I mentioned, I was an athlete who then gained an exorbitant amount of weight. So you would think there might have been something there to start that. But it actually started after the fact, after losing the weight. Mm -hmm. And something else that I experienced, and I want to actually see if this happened to you, is that at my heaviest, um, I was actually really confident. Mm. I did not in any way feel that uh, when it came to my looks and vanity that I was missing out or, or losing out because of my weight. Mm -hmm. But once I lost the weight, I felt like it brought up more insecurities, whereas Mm -hmm. you would think it made me more confident.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And for some people, it can bring up the fear of attention, right? Like I don't want to be a certain size because I don't want attention from the opposite sex or I don't want people to judge me or label me. There's so much that goes with that. And I think the key is to kind of unpack and see where that comes from so you can work through it. Mm Hmm. Agreed. And this is why I tell folks like no matter what
2: area of your life you're working on, the mind is a powerful tool. It really dictates and sets the tone for how you move through whatever it is in life. So if things aren't right up here, it's going to manifest
1: in some way, shape or form. Absolutely. And that's why I'm the poor mom that's like, growth mindset, kids, growth mindset. <laughs> some people get their games on the sidelines saying growth mindset. I'm like, oh, my gosh, what am I doing to them?
2: <laughs> it, and you know what? I know it's so cliche, but it really is important to harp mm-hmm. on mindset and, and differentiate between a growth mindset and a fixed mindset because all of us at some point of our life are more fixed yeah. than we are growth. Yeah.
1: And that's where I was stuck because I was so fixated on what was wrong and what I couldn't do and what, like, it was a stuck time for me to have that fixed mindset.
2: Mm -hmm. But, you know, we're only human. And, of course, it's only natural for us as humans to want to cling to the negative, right? We're hardwired Mm -hmm. to focus and pay attention to the negative things in life. And the reason for that is because if you think about it, our ancestors mm-hmm. had to look out for danger. Yeah. Danger is a negative. You have that fight or flight response, mm-hmm. but because we are no longer looking out for that type of danger, we have now shifted to instead focus on the negatives in these other areas of life. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that's so crazy because we talk about fight or flight with clients because that even impacts your digestion. And even if you have a stressful day at work, your body's going to respond the same way as it would to you being chased by a lion. And obviously we're not chased by lions, but we still have fight, fight, or free fight, fight, or fleet freeze. And that impacts your metabolism.
2: Yeah. I agree. I agree. So let me ask you, cause I feel like with what you've mentioned already in regards to how you work with clients, you incorporate the mindset, the mindset is really important, but are you also helping them with developing
1: uh, a plan for their eating habits? I'm teaching them to listen to their bodies, um, really, because they know best. They are their own best health expert. I'm not. Their doctor's not. They, they know their bodies best, and I can't tap into that for them. So I'm really teaching them how to do that. And then based on what they share with me, I have one client who um, we did, like, a, a cleanse with her, and she discovered that she was intolerant to pineapple And chicken and just various things. And so through that process, we found some foods that she could eat that didn't affect her negatively. So yes, but it's all (laughs) client-led. Gotcha. And you know what?
2: That's the way to be. (laughs) I feel like as coaches, some coaches can get into uh, counseling or therapy, which is really deep diving into the past. Mm -hmm. And really Mm -hmm. as coaches, We're more centered on the present and action towards that future outcome. So it can get very tricky uh, when you blur the line. So I like that you mentioned it is everything is client led. We're not giving the answers. We're not telling you what to do, nor are we trying to dive deep into the
1: psychological state of the why. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the beautiful part, like you said, is that we're helping people go forward and I think a lot of times we can get focused on the past or what happened. And that has a time and a place for sure. But let's also focus on going forward and let's come up with a way for you to live that best life and for you to accomplish the things that you feel called to do and that you want to do and be who you want to be in this life because we only get one shot. <laughs> exactly. You only have one life to
2: live. So you want to live it to the best that you can. And it's yes. never too late to make a change.
1: Yes. Amen. <laughs>
2: So, in regards to working with the client, you mentioned that it is client-led, as it should be. Um, Have you had clients come to you with recommendations from, like, a doctor and wanting to work with you to incorporate that in?
1: Not necessarily. I do have one client who was having some issues that she was seeing a doctor for, but through our working together, they kind of resolved themselves, um, which is incredible. Um, but it wasn't like I was in partnership with the doctor. It was kind of I was working with the client on this and the doctor was working with her on this and I think the two happened to just sync up in that way for her to find the relief and the, the alleviation of her symptoms that she needed. That is awesome. I, I like when
2: that happens when you know you obviously are only part a part mm-hmm. of the client's world. Yeah. There's other things going on externally. but when those things align, to make the outcome, you know, positively what it is. It's like amazing.
1: Yeah. And that's Um, why there are some places that are doing kind of a teams based approach, which I think is really beautiful. You've got a coach and maybe a dietitian and a doctor, and you've really got the support system working with people to really help them accomplish those health goals.
2: Oh my God, I love that. That's actually Mm -hmm. how I uh, went through my journey. I started talking to a counselor. Then we brought in a nutritionist. Then we had the exercise person. And then we had the doctor for the vitals. And that method worked for me.
1: Yes, because you covered all the bases. (laughs) Mm
2: -hmm, Exactly. I needed it. I was like, I've done everything that I could do. It's not working. So now let the professionals take over. Yes, Yes. Uh, good for you for doing that. Well, this is why, like, I believe so much and advocate so much for coaches, because we can only do so much. If you find that you're hitting your head against the wall, that the things that you're trying aren't working, mm-hmm. you have to take the responsibility and seek out yeah. others who will help you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely.
2: There's something else I wanted to ask you about that you brought up earlier was the a support system. I feel that a support system is so important in helping you move forward when your own motivation and accountability fails. Have you found that your clients have had difficulty with establishing a support
1: system? I have um, a few that have. For the most part, their families have been on board. Um, Their spouse has been on board. I have one woman, she was a single mom, so she had a little bit of not having that spousal support, but she found it through someone else that she was in relationship with. So Mm -hmm. it's all about kind of helping them be creative and think outside of the box of who do you really feel like has your back and who can you go to as you're on this journey to really kind of help you and, and, you know, not coach you, but just be there for that encouragement that we need on the way.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. And, and let's face it, it can be difficult because sometimes you think that those that are closest to you would be supportive, but it isn't always the case. I mean, what was that show, Biggest Loser? Yeah, I used to watch that show a lot, um, among other shows. And one of the things that I noticed is that when that support wasn't built in, mm-hmm. oftentimes the couples would end up breaking up yeah. because one person is on this you know, healthy, fit journey mm-hmm. that is not supported by the other. Yeah.
1: And I learned in my coaching that belonging means to be the same as. So I think sometimes when someone changes, we have a fear that, that we're not going to belong or they're not going to accept us or there's something around that, that that we think that if they change, it somehow affects us or it threatens us. And so it's a form of mm-hmm. self-sabotage.
2: <laughs> yes, I agree. And, and self-sabotage can present itself in so many ways. Sometimes you're not even aware of the is just like a, a
1: cycle that is
2: inherently built in you.
1: Absolutely.
2: <laughs> this is where coaches step in. <laughs> yep, absolutely.
1: We have all a whole session on self sabotage.
2: <laughs> I love that because it seems like you're covering a lot of different bases. Like like mm-hmm. your bio says you're a holistic
1: coach. you're taking that 360 approach. Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny because I feel like having done this and learned this and taken this route has kind of made me have this different perspective of life. And so I think I have a different view than a lot of people. And it's kind of evident when you're in conversation or you post something and on social, it's, it's just interesting to be like, okay, I think that we tend to compartmentalize and maybe not integrate, but I think I'm more like big picture, holistic, integrative now than I ever was before.
2: (laughs) Mm. Was that prompted by something specifically
1: or you just ended up developing? That way, I think I just ended up developing that way through my coaching and through just life experiences, and really how realizing how this impacted this, and this was affecting this, and how just we're so connected.
2: Mm-hmm. That's right. If you uh, think of one thought, that thought will spur other thoughts, and there's so much interconnectedness that you can just go into this uh, spiral. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, like <laughs> the fingernail this morning. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Well, that's why I think, you know, one of the the great things about coaching, at least for me, is the positive impact, right? Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. like, if you think of a lake or even like a glass of water, yeah. that droplet that hits that water, it's going to create these ripple effects mm-hmm. that are going to go way beyond what you think your reach is. And that's what's so great about the coaches and, and their fields.
1: Absolutely. And I think that's one thing that I really enjoy about working with moms is when they get that vision for themselves, they get it for their families. And so it's not only impacting them, but it can impact generations. Like that's big, man. (laughs) Mm
2: -hmm. Exactly. Because they're going to hand down their knowledge. to their children and so on and so on. So you mentioned moms. Uh, Did you, when you started your coaching career, did you know that was the audience you wanted to primarily work with? Or did you end up sort of niching down to just working with moms?
1: I knew, I knew because my journey as a mom was so challenging and difficult. And I'm like, is it supposed to be this hard? And I just felt like there were so few resources. I felt like there was not a lot of even mentorship. Like there just wasn't a lot of, of resources for a mom who maybe wanted to do things differently than the way she had been raised.
2: Mm-hmm. And let's not forget that as a mom, there's so much more responsibility and and things happening in your life, right? You have your care, but you have your partner, you have your children. There's so much more that is stretching you thin, which would make it so that you don't focus on your own self-care.
1: Absolutely. And then there's the labeling and the judgment that should you do that for yourself? Oh my gosh, who do you think you are? Like, what kind of a woman are you to actually exercise?
2: Mm Mm-hmm. It's so unfair, that thought process, Mm -hmm. the fact that you as a woman have to fit these molds, these Mm -hmm. expectations, Mm -hmm. but how can you adequately care for things outside of you Mm -hmm. where you're not even caring for yourself?
1: Exactly. Exactly. And that's my whole point. (laughs) You can't. I tried. It was miserable. Like it was not good for anybody. And I don't think any child deserves a mom that shows up that way, if I'm really honest and blunt. It's not Mm -hmm. fair.
2: No, I agree with you. And not to mention that, you know, as a mom, you are an example. Mm -hmm. And if your children are seeing that you are not caring for yourself, guess what? They're going to carry that same cycle as they get older, as they have their own families.
1: Yes, 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 yes.
2: So, Melissa, uh, you talked about your program and and length. Is that the only program or offering that you have? Are there other offerings that you want to mention?
1: That's the main one. I have done some shorter things before, but I just feel like for that transformation, you've got to commit to the 12 weeks. That's really where it at where it's at. I feel like if I don't offer that and I offer something shorter, it's doing a disservice to people to be honest with you, and I mm-hmm. I don't want to be that person. <laughs> you know what good for you for saying that because
2: certain changes, certain transformations do take time. You're not mm-hmm. going to accomplish, you know, a shift in 3 weeks or a month. Mm-hmm. Or three months, right? You need the time to build the happens.
1: Absolutely. Because I've tried that. I've tried doing a two-week and a four-week. And I just I don't feel like it's serving people to, to the highest ability that I can. So no longer.
2: <laughs> <laughs> now, do you primarily work one-on-one or do you do group coaching as well?
1: Both. I do both one-on-one and group.
2: Awesome. So for those of you that are listening or watching, if you don't want to do one-on-one as of yet, it might be easier to join a group. Sometimes folks uh, do better when they have peers.
1: Absolutely. And community. I think there's really something valuable about being in that same position with a group of like-minded people because you know what it's like. You can encourage, you can support, you can cheer each other on. There's something really powerful about that.
2: Exactly. And I love community. I feel like, you know, even as coaches, we have our community.
1: Um, It helps
2: us to spread our message, to kind of bounce ideas off of each other. So with anyone going through anything, whether it's a goal that you have set, a shift you're trying to make, oftentimes it helps to have peers, to have community,
1: to help you move forward. We're not meant to do life in isolation. I really believe that.
2: (laughs) Definitely not. I mean, you can take a break. Like, for those of you that are introverts, I'm like, an extroverted introvert, right? You go out, you do your thing, and then you come back and you recharge. Yep. yep. <laughs> so, so Melissa, how can folks get in touch with you? Where can they find you to connect on these offerings?
1: Yeah, my website is free, the number two and the letter B coaching.com. So free to be coaching.com is the best place. I'm also on Facebook as happy, healthy mama Instagram is free to be underscore coaching, but website primarily probably is the best.
2: (laughs) Awesome. And we're going to put all of the details for how to connect with her in the podcast details and the YouTube details. So definitely check that out. And now Melissa, before I let you go, are there any last tips, any wisdom you want
1: to impart? I think the main thing for people to know as they are in this place of maybe wanting to change or transform is to replace judgment with curiosity. I feel like that has been such a powerful tool in my journey and it's served me in so many ways. So instead of maybe having that thought of, oh, I shouldn't, or why did I, or that kind of beating yourself up spiral that we alluded to earlier, maybe step back and ask yourself, what am I looking for? in this moment. And that can be really powerful because I think a lot of times we will do something out of habit and we don't know why we're doing it. We don't know what we're looking for. But if we can step back and find that power in the pause and ask that question, it can really transform and change things for you. So get curious. <laughs> I
2: love that. That is a great piece of advice and, and comes back to the why that we talked about earlier, right? Yeah.
0: Well, Always said, thank you so why. much.
2: <laughs> <laughs> agreed. I agreed always look at that why be like a child right that curiosity how children are so curious and they yep. ask why why why
1: yeah channel that channel your inner child <laughs> and I have to say this because I thought it earlier and now I feel like it's appropriate to say but I feel like some of that is children are so curious and I feel like sometimes they're shamed or they're they're maybe mm. felt they're they're they're, they they could be perceived as annoying maybe by a parent, and so the parent just wants them to be quiet, and so they kind of shut that down. But if you can embrace that and have that curiosity like a child, that's kind of where the change is. So bring that back if you can, if you had that experience at least.
2: Exactly. Agreed. Uh, take back that counterintuition. Bring back that inner child, that curiosity. Ask those questions. And, and also have an open mind. Mm-hmm. Okay? Melissa provided so much information here with what she does, how she can help, and offered so many nuggets of wisdom that, you know what, you should rewind, replay, and (laughs) reabsorb. Melissa, thank you so much for spending time with me today, for sharing, you know, what you do, who you help, and of course, broadening the perspective.
1: Thank you for having me. It was awesome to connect with you and have this conversation. So thank you for the opportunity.
2: You are welcome. I had a great time, a great conversation, and we'll keep in touch. You bet. I'm excited. (laughs) All right, everyone. So like I always say, preparation, accountability, execution, and resolve are key to your success. Until next time.
0: So as you know by now, we're all about informing and empowering women. Well, now there's the addition of the She Is Fab shop where there is empowered fashion, printables, journals, mugs, and face masks. Check it out at www.sheisfab.net. That way you can purchase something for the lady, woman, or girl in your life.
1: Here's a cool fact.
0: Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.
1: Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company. They offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com.